Welcome, dear listener, to the Spooky Songs Podcast. Your home to all manner of beats that go bump in the night. <laughs> Join us as we scare up the stories behind some of the spookiest songs ever recorded. And now, here are your hosts, Levi Bushu and Edgar Dieterman. Welcome to the Spooky Songs Podcast, home to all the beats that go bump in the night. We are your hosts, Levi Bushu and Edgar Dieterman, and we're here to discuss songs about horror and hauntings, murder in the macabre, as well as introduce you to songs that are going to turn your stomach inside out. There are several different ways to feel uncomfortable. Sometimes something is just gross or freaky. Maybe you flinch when you hear nails on a chalkboard. Or could just be a subject matter that makes you feel downright icky. Well, unfortunately for you, dear listeners, we have gone and picked a couple songs that make us regret hearing them, so we want to make you suffer too. Levi, let's see if you can get the hair on the back of our necks to stand up, will ya? Okay, Dread Companions. I may have taken this assignment a little bit too seriously. I discovered this song while driving down some deep, dark Missouri back roads in the middle of the night, and I felt like I've been followed ever since. So I have chosen to play Hamburger Lady by Throbbing Gristle. This song, if you can even call it a song, sounds like a ghost has taken over your radio and is telling you of the horrors that lie beyond the grave. If you guys can hang with this, you can hang with just about anything. I apologize in advance. Here's Hamburger Lady. Hamburger lady, hamburger lady, 
okay, I'm not joking when I say this song follows me around. Like, it came on my headphones just completely out of nowhere when I was taking the trash bands back inside one night. And I have never ran back inside my house so freaking fast. It freaked me out. And it wasn't on a playlist or anything. It just, my earbuds connected to some horrible ghost realm. (laughs) And it started talking to me. Like, the voice on this track... It sounds like it's coming from a different dimension. It sounds like, like a a ghost of a robot. Yeah, like it's like this like <laughs> I know your future. Like we're going to keep you up at night. Like the Moonanites. <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to believe this, but I'm hamburger ladying as hard as I've ever done. Yeah. <laughs> you know, for someone who has fallen into a bonfire while not drunk, you sure do enjoy body horror more than I'd think. Like, I thought maybe softball-sized lesions of pus would cure you of that, but I guess not. Yeah, like, once you become a Cronenberg monster from the knee down, like, <laughs> you, you just become one with these sort of people. You start to understand the guy that pulls a VHS out of his stomach. Like, <laughs> I don't know, maybe I should just post a picture of my uh, my hamburger legs from back then and just really gross out our Instagram followers. We finally uh, got above a thousand. <laughs> I would really rather you didn't. <laughs> anyway, that ghastly sound awoke a weird childhood memory of playing Yars Revenge on my parents' Atari 2600 back in the day. Like that buzzing sound just kind of digs into your brain and it doesn't let up. And it, it, it just like does something. It just sits in there. Yeah, and it's especially fun when, you know, you're like me, you haven't fully slept in two days. You start hearing that, like, clippy 8-bit noise coming out of your fan. It's just taking a melon baller to your fucking brain. <laughs> it's just no amount of z prepares you for that moment. It's horrible. Uh, yeah, uh, I hate this. I hate it a lot. <laughs> uh, sorry for you people that are listening on headphones. <laughs> Speaking of things I wasn't prepared for when I first heard it, I mean, where do we start with the Decemberists? These guys have been all over the charts throughout the years, including the top with their album, The King is Dead. They have great songs about love. They have fantastic folky songs about just enjoying life. Even fun songs about a spy who was caught and fucked over by a president. You know, super happy. And then sometimes they write an entire rock opera album about shape shifters and immortals. The Hazards of Love is an amazing album, some really weird and catchy songs, including this one about how not to be a parent. Here is Rake's Song by the Decemberists.
this parenting guide chris watts like i went with an assault on the ears with my song this one is an assault on the soul like i don't even like kids that much and i thought mm, maybe this is going a little too far yeah my buddy mark and i were just sitting in my car eating one night when this song came on our local college station and we just looked at each other as the song went on it ended and we both asked did they just sing about killing kids yeah, this is a fucked up song. Yeah, like, I mean, you could easily mistake this song for like one of those, you know, foot stomping, you know, hand clapping kind of jams, but because it's just like so easy to start just going, all right, all right. And then like, oh, I really started listening to this and it's it's not all right. It's not all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The detail is what makes me feel kind of sick, like feeding her foxglove, drowning the next one in the bath, burning the oldest for fighting back. Like, fucking A. Yeah, it's the Gashley Crumb Tinies for people with wide brim hats. Yeah, that's what this song is. <laughs> and later on the album, there's a song where the dead kids are singing back to the dad. They do not fuck around with levels of weird on this one. Yeah, just family annihilators are definitely the scariest kind of killers. Uh, and this song could have been what was playing through, you know, Chris, Chris Benoit's head as he's murdering his whole damn family. But <laughs> knowing wrestlers, it was probably, you know, Ba with the Ba or We Are the Champions or something going through that mashed potato brain. Well, now that we've made you all have a serious case of the heebie-jeebies and you can no longer trust the backseat of your own car... We have a special interview with the Kentucky Blue Goth Cow Beret Band, The Dead Speak, where we talk about even more dark and disturbing Southern Gothic sing-alongs. Here it is. All right. We got a special treat for you guys this week. We have an interview with the band members from The Dead Speak. This is Jamie and Wayne here to talk to us today. Guys, thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thank you. Yeah, so we've kind of posted a lot of your stuff on our Instagram page, but haven't really like dug into it on the show. I think we played Trigger Warning as one of our new release alerts. But you've got more new stuff coming out, and I feel like you're kind of a band to watch in the horror genre because you're so unique. Why don't you tell us a little bit about how The Dead Speak got started? Yeah, so um, believe it or not, <laughs> Wayne and I met on Craigslist. <laughs> um, he, I posted an ad looking for a drummer. Um, I don't, I, I probably said that I wanted to do like the horror thing. Um, and Wayne was the, the first person to respond almost immediately. And we talked online for a couple days, met up at a coffee shop. And I kind of figured at that point, I was like, you know what? He's roughly my age. He doesn't seem like he wants to murder me. <laughs> 
stick with this one and just like not even like meet the other uh, responses I've got, which I only got like a couple other ones. But yeah, that's how we met. I mean, we didn't know each other at all. Um, and now we're like super good friends. And like, I see him more than anyone else. I see him probably like, what, two or th to four days a week, usually. Yeah. So. That's pretty amazing, like the magic of Craigslist, because I think you're the second band that we've talked to that has gotten together on Craigslist. And it's like, man, that's a shame that that site's kind of going away now, because it's getting great people together. Well, after COVID, it was so much harder to get out and play shows and uh, get stuff started. So I would go on there and just type in, you know, Louisville musicians wanted, and you'd get a bunch of ads for people saying, I'm starting a band and I need, you know, a drummer or a bassist. Um, and I didn't do that for a while because of COVID, but like the day that I got on there again, I saw her ad and responded to it. So, yeah, I think that's a cool thing. Like, you know, COVID as much as it sucked has kind of worked to get more unique band projects together because you didn't need to get something together that, you know, could play a bar and play all, you know, like the eighties and nineties hits or something or whatever. You could get something that would play something really unique. And I think, We've seen a lot of cool stuff like your band come out of it. So that's actually really cool. And she had already had a decent amount of songs that we could work on too when we first kind of met up and got the ball rolling. So it kind of made the process um, a lot smoother as far as getting a set together and um, kind of reaching out to places and saying, hey, we've got a bunch of songs that we want to play, mm -hmm. stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, you had all the time in the world to do it. The, Part of the great thing about a pandemic as well, I guess. <laughs> right. I'll see. <laughs> uh, so you're talking about kind of the process, right? So yeah. What what is the process? Because you guys, you know, you started out apparently like from what it sounds like it was going for horror angle. Yes. How did it turn into what you turned it into? Because what you do is so much more unique in this genre than what just about anybody else is doing. Um, so prepare yourself for a lengthy answer. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um, basically. So I, I, you know, when I, when I was a teenager and like playing guitar in my bedroom and stuff like that, I fucking loved the horror genre. Um, I feel like it's something that, I mean, there's a bazillion studies on this, but it's something that queer people really identify with just the ostracism of it and the, the weirdness. Um, mm -hmm. And it was something that, like, I always wanted to do in some capacity, not necessarily music, but like I went to college for film. Um, I wanted to do like special effects makeup. Like I, it was just like my jam. And then, uh, you know, I started hearing about Psychabilly and bands like Coffin Cats and The Creep Show. And I was like, holy shit, like you could do music about this stuff. <laughs> and um, it was something that like, that I, I always wanted to do, but I never felt really ready to pull the plug on until I like posted that Craigslist ad. I've never been in a band before or anything like that. And I feel like kind of in hindsight, doing it, like sitting on an idea, whether it's in the back of your head or in the forefront for so long, it like, everything has really had a way to kind of mature. And I think it's reflective of the way we write songs. Um, I think like our, our live presence is very 
like we've got roses and candles and you know smoke and it's it's very like there's an elegance to it um we kind of when we like developed the band um we wanted to do more than just like us going on stage playing a couple songs and that's it and and we kind of crafted like we i call it the dead speak universe but basically like the story behind the band is Wayne and I are these conduits um, for the dead. We've got like a big Ouija board that we play in front of. Um, and each song is like a different like spirit coming out and telling their story. So it's not really. Oh, that's a cool idea. Yeah. So it's not. So, so some of the songs like are a little like I'm your cadaver is like a little tongue in cheek. It's like a, a little bit fun. It's still like, you know, mm-hmm. kind of morbid. But then there's other stories like trigger warning that are a little more personal and serious. And I think something that like a message that we've really wanted to like send out to people is that, um, yes, the horror thing is fun and cool and stuff like that. But like a lot of people use that genre to cope with things, Um, Mm -hmm. whether it's just to escape from the real life horrors or as a way to help us identify and process. Um, and I think that's a very healthy thing to do. And I think that's something that like a lot of people, um, could learn from just like identifying your emotions and being a little more candid with them. Sure. Yeah. I think horror teaches empathy better than any other genre really can probably outside of drama, but there's plenty of drama and horror, right? And when we first started, it was a lot more bare bones. I mean, it was just kind of guitar and drums and vocals, you know, on stage. But I think we both sort of knew that we were capable of making it more than that and approaching it and looking at it through a horror lens kind of made that a little easier for us. Right. Cause you're a, you're a two piece band, right? It's, it's just you guys, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's Yeah. Which is incredible. Like being able to pull that much sound out of two people is incredible. Yeah. Well, a lot of that credit honestly goes to Wayne. Cause he, like if you listen to trigger warning and cadaver there's like violin parts and there's like all like i mean the amount of like different percussion instruments in there is insane and he is the one who does like i'll have like the skeleton of the song ready usually it's just mm-hmm. the chords and the lyrics and the melody and then he takes it and like like zhuzhes it up for us basically <laughs> um and it's it's what people hear and it it's fucking like i get blown away when he'll like oh. pop up a recording and I'm just like, holy shit, like this is a song now. She's very much like the melodic part of the band and I'm more of like the rhythmic kind of part. Yeah. Right. So is that you like Wayne playing like, you know, the violin and all the other instruments on top of the drums? Is that what, or is it studio? Or are you getting like studio magician musicians to do that? Uh, well, it's all in logic. So it's like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, that's a. I mean, that's really impressive what you're able to guys, guys are able to put together. So, like, you know, we talked about you know you, you know, studying FX makeup, studying film. You guys did an amazing combination of this with your video for Trigger Warning. Like that, that video is so beautiful, and it compares a song with it that's also you know just tragic and beautiful, and just I mean. heartbreaking to listen to but you can't stop well how did that like how did that shoot go what were you guys working on there um so it's pretty it's pretty wild how that all kind of like fell into 
our lap in a way. Um, mm -hmm. So to kind of tell this, tell there's a lot of backstory to it, but basically, um, so Wayne and I were playing a show once at a bowling alley, actually. Um, and, you know, because that's bowling alley music. Yeah, you want to get real deep in your feelings when you're bowling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, music you can drink to, you know. <laughs> but uh, this guy came up to us. He was He was kind of the last minute sound guy there. And he was like, hey, my name's David. Uh, I'm starting a record label. Like, you guys are really cool and blah, blah, blah. And I was kind of like, yeah, okay. <laughs> like, whatever, man. Um, yeah, who does that in a bowling alley, right? Yeah. yeah. It was super nice and very persistent. He came to a couple other shows, like, shortly after that we had, um, you know, just, just on his own, like, just to listen to us and to continue trying to break through my stubbornness <laughs> and and uh, you know we were like okay well let's listen to this guy he sounds very genuine and he he and his partner philip um created black rainbow records and they were just like you know we're the we're the first band that they signed but they it, it was just like a perfect pair i mean the like the way wayne and i met on craigslist is weird and it worked out perfectly. And the way that we met David and Philip, it was also very weird and worked out perfectly. They are a um, queer and BIPOC affirmative record label in Kentucky. <laughs> and they they wanted a, div a diverse cast of like either like punk rock or metal artists to represent. And a lot of that is because they're, you know, their values and they wanna give kind of that crowd a little bit of assistance because it's still in, in at least in Louisville, it's still very much a, a white man's music industry. Sure. And I'm sure it's yeah, reflective everywhere, but um, they loved the vision that we had um, for the dead speak and our values and things like that. And um they actually came up with the idea for the video and they, they did, you know, hired a makeup artist and a videographer and stuff like that. We originally had a very different idea for the video going to be shot in a bar, I think, and kind of have this like wild West saloon vibe to it. But yeah, why on earth would you guys do anything standard? <laughs> that's like, for, yeah, cause I know. Right. Yeah. So that's what we were originally going to do. And then this location that we shot the, the video that you guys that, you know, that the world sees, we were the musical opener for a play of last house on the left. Ooh. And it, it there for their two Halloween shows, they were doing the play at an actual haunted house in like like an hour south of Louisville in Kentucky. I love it when plays do that. Like I said, I've seen a couple where they go to like a haunted house and we'll put on their show there and it's always a great atmosphere. Yeah. Oh, it was fucking cool. And and we went to like check out the place and as soon as like Wayne and I saw it, I was like, holy shit, like we need to stop everything and take advantage of this like just insane looking house i mean it's so just so spooky and like you can feel like that like just that density there history and it comes across on camera because like when i was looking at it, like who did set design for this because this is incredible yeah yeah 
there honestly there was no set design that is the house <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was it was very we got very fortunate and um a lot of the background actors are were background actors for that play that weekend and they, okay like fucking thrilled to be part of a music video <laughs> one of the guys is the the director of the play he's he's in the video and like it was just a sick weekend we made some really cool friends and like met some very genuine amazing people and it was kind of the first um real test that we saw of like what black rainbow can do for us and what they bring to the table so it was awesome yeah, because that's a really tricky part with finding a label, especially like a punk rock label, because it's usually very bare bones and you don't see videos like that coming out for like kind of indie bands. And right. that was really impressive. Yeah. So you've gotten hooked up with Black Rainbow, who does you know a lot of good stuff for uh, for like the BIPOC and for a queer community. Um did they are did they come up with the idea of redoing I'm Your Cadaver? Because you had a great demo out. Was that them that kind of like encouraged you to re-record it or what happened there? Well, we kind of made the demos ourselves. Mm -hmm. Um and uh just with the equipment that we had available to us already. And we never really intended for those to be like the official versions of the songs. Mm -hmm. Um we knew that if we ever wanted to do an album, we would like to re-record them. And uh, with like better equipment, you know, and um, somebody who's better at producing and like mixing the songs. Um, so that's kind of why we wanted to re-record re uh, Cadaver and Trigger Warning too, because all three of those were demos that we made and uh, kind of wanted to redo at some point. But that was just like a way for us to kind of give people something that they can hear and kind of get an idea of what they can expect when they see us live. So. Sure. Yeah. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break. We're going to play both songs. We're going to play trigger warning and I'm your cadaver. And then we're going to kind of come back and talk about what's kind of coming up in the future for you guys. Awesome. That sounds good.
Okay, so now that you guys have heard what we're talking about, <laughs> uh, kind of hard to get like a your head around it before you hear the actual songs. Now we're going to talk about like we've heard great music that have come before, but you guys got even more coming up in the future. Why don't you tell me a little bit about what you're working on now? Yeah, so right now, um, right now we're like at this very second. We've got two songs under our belt that we're kind of getting towards the finish line. Um, Wayne mentioned earlier that we're going to be re-releasing um, the songs on the demos. So like there's only like Lestat is the only one left. So you definitely expect to see that. Um, and then we've got another song that we're in the middle of recording right now that like I'm fucking excited about. It's called The Gallows Are Calling. Um, it's a song about um, kind of that that first real um tragic bombing in in ukraine where like mm -hmm. hundreds of civilians died and uh we wanted to create a song that was just massive like i wanted it to sound like 300 people are just playing like in orchestra basically and it has been difficult <laughs> but <laughs> but we're getting there and and it's sounding awesome and i can't wait for that one to come out so people can hear it um because that's kind of like our that's like our our opus our like larger than life song um and i think it's going to be funny for people to hear that and then be like wait this is a two-person band though <laughs> <laughs> where they get this orchestra from yeah 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 that's cool yeah uh, i mean yeah, you keep kind of building and building and building in scope. Um, and you also, you know, you work with a lot of other artists in the community. Why don't you kind of tell us about what you've got going on there? Yeah, so um, we try to keep things, we try to kind of keep things within the circle of Louisville as much as we can. So as far as like, like merch and we try not to like outsource a lot of stuff. Um, not only is it like a little bit cheaper that way, but um, I feel like it's our way of giving back into the, putting money back into the pot of like the local community. Cause Louisville, a lot of people who haven't been here or aren't from here kind of just think of Kentucky. <laughs> and yeah. so like, you know, we, we might be known for like the Derby and bourbon, but like, also people baseball baseball bats that's <laughs> yeah bats but and like people think maybe like oh a bunch of rednecks and stuff like that but there is like louisville is weird as shit man like we've got a like one of the oldest 365 day um halloween shops we've got oddity really? galore we've got the like a local cinema horror cinema club um that has a ton of members in it. I mean, we're weird <laughs> people here and, and I love it. And there's so many creatives, there's so many artists. So like every part, like anytime we need something done, we try to reach out locally first from like the person who makes our bolo ties to like the person who's like designing like our next t-shirt that we're going to come out with. Um, you know, we've played for like local burlesque shows. We've mm -hmm. done like the play thing and just, it's really um, given us a lot of opportunities. And it's so cool to 
work with someone extremely talented and like build a relationship with them because you're kind of like becoming each other's cheerleaders at the same time. Yeah. I mean, that's great to have a whole you know group of people to kind of like rally each other, uh, especially in a, a very niche sort of community. Um, and it's cool that you have that present in Louisville. Mm-hmm. Uh, I say Louisville because I'm not from Louisville. <laughs> it's, it's hard for me to say Louisville, um, even though I grew up, you know, pretty fairly close, a couple hours away. But yeah, I, I'm somewhat familiar with the city, but I didn't know that there was so much cool, weird stuff there. Yeah. Um, so we're going to kind of wrap up a little bit now. But before I let you go, um, you guys are playing some shows coming up soon. I'd love to have you guys get the word out. You know, get more people coming out. What are you guys coming up with the those? Um, yeah, so we've got uh kind of I'll just mention the the big ones right now. So um March 31st, we're gonna be playing at uh the venue here is called the Art Sanctuary. It's a big art gallery, and they do once a month, they do it's called the dark market. So think of a farmer's market but with a bunch of goth kids. <laughs> and <laughs> We have that too. We have goth garage sale in St. Louis. So that's, I love those shows. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably, they're probably very similar. So we're going to be playing for that. Um, we're also uh, April 8th. We're going to be playing in Chicago at the Liars Club. Ooh. So we're super stoked about that. And then the 20th of April, um, we're going to be opening for the goddamn gallows. And that's exciting. Yeah. yeah. Williams the fourth like I am fucking it's it's really weird to get to open for a band that like I used to sneak in two bars to see so <laughs> yeah. pretty wild yeah yeah that's really exciting well guys thank you so much for coming on um I love hearing the story of your origins it pretty much seems that like as long as you're in what would be considered like a weird unknown place that means your career is going in the right direction because it seems like bowling alley, you know, Craigslist, as long as you're in the weird spot, I think you're going to find people that are going to like really gravitate towards you. Oh yeah. Yep. I would agree. One of the, um, one of the funnier like comments that we had gotten from like, uh, like a private message from Instagram was <laughs> this guy had messaged us maybe like a couple weeks ago and he was like, I've embalmed to trigger warning so many times. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, is that a euphemism? But like, I clicked on his profile and he was a mortician. So I was like, shit, Wayne, music you can embalm to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, la- the last music I know people hear before their souls depart or something. I don't know. Right? Yeah. Very <laughs> 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 All right. Well, that was a great story. Thank you very much for being on. It was so much fun having you guys. I wish you all the best and y'all take care. Okay. Awesome. Thank you, Levi. You too. All right. Bye now. Thank you. Bye. Wee you, wee you, wee you. We got some new release alerts. Did the cops pull back up to my house? Because that interrupted our recording a little bit earlier. Sorry about that. Uh, but yeah, that's the uh, the sound for the new release alert. The uh, segment where we tell you about new songs that we're listening to and that we think that you might enjoy. Okay. My new release comes from a dude with since here to invite you out to a spooky party dress up and come a creeping with us as we check out lacrimosa by huxel xy yeah i have no idea how to say this guy's name it's h-u-x-l-x-y look him up he's great 
I am super excited to talk about my new release alert, which is from one of my favorite spooky folk bands, Charming Disaster. It's really hard to pick one song off their new album, which is called Supernatural History, and it's all about blending science and magic, things that we just love here. So we're just going to go with the song that's about witches. Here's Grimoire by Charming Disaster. She has a green face and flying monkey. Scarves and leather and lace She lives in Africa On the island of Aea In a tower In a chicken-like hut in Peoria She is solitary She comes in three She's a member of a coven Sometimes she's a When she opens the door What do you see? When she opens the door what do you see when she opens the door? What do you see when she opens the door? She rides a broomstick or a bicycle. She's all freedom and speed and scorch. She is stunning, hideous, hesitant, confident, curious, curious glorious, monstrous. She's our downfall. Thanks for listening, geeks and ghouls. This concludes our episode of the Spooky Songs Podcast. If you would like to reach out to us with questions, comments, or requests, feel free to send them to SpookySongsPodcast at gmail.com. You can also keep up with us on Instagram at Spooky Songs Podcast, where we post a new spooky song every single day. We will also post hints to the next episode's theme and talk about new release alerts there as well. 
If you like what you heard, please give us a review and follow us on the podcast service of your choice. And if you have friends that you think will enjoy this podcast, let them know about us. Word of mouth is without a doubt the best way to help this podcast grow and build a community of people that love spooky songs. If you want to hear a version of the podcast with songs played in their entirety, listen to us on Spotify. Their music and talk format allows us to play any songs we feature without any edits. Finally, thank you for listening. We hope you come back for new episodes on the first and third Monday of each month.